Okay, this is the segment of our program called Straight Talk, and our our guest uh, uh, priest is Father William Slattery, who is the chaplain at uh, Shanley High School, formerly a parochial vicar at Holy Cross in West Fargo. So the the school year just started, uh, what, last week, I think? Yep. Okay, so... Last Tuesday. Okay, so you're just getting your feet wet right now. Yeah, good morning, Jack and Dreen. It's great to be with you this morning, yeah, and... Uh, Stepping into a new role, and uh, right now just trying to get my bearings. Uh, but uh, it's been uh, a few weeks of kind of preparation. Always in the summer, it's really interesting to come to a school because there's still activity, even though uh, students aren't there. But it's interesting when the students arrive how the the tenor of the place changes quickly. And uh, it's been really uh, a great kickoff to the new year, um, beginning with uh, opening mass. And uh, we had our senior class did their retreat uh, down in Park Rapids at a, a challenge course. Uh, so a little bit of a, a way that they can build some team unity and support uh, leadership uh, as they head into this final year of their time with us at Shanley High School. What a great activity. I just want to remind um, listeners that they... This is the part of the show where you can call in, as Jack said, and the number to call um, to ask Father William Slattery a question is 877-795-0122, or you can uh, find us on Facebook, and you can post questions there as well. When you call in, the call screener will give you the option of asking your question yourself, or um, you can dictate your question and father will um have have access to that by way of the computer so 877-795-0122 is the number to call and we'd love to hear from you when i when we come to this segment of the show i'm reminded of when i was a student at saint anthony's back in the 1950s and 60s when it was a real treat when the uh the associate pastor would come in to uh, talk to our classes and uh, you know answer all of our questions and uh, we used to call it stump the priest but I think uh, it's better to have a little bit more polite title here for uh, for straight talk but anyway uh, ask your questions and uh, the lines are open and we're we're waiting to hear from you and we certainly encourage you to call and uh, maybe some of you are not Catholic and you have questions about the Catholic faith. This is a good opportunity to get your question a- uh, asked and answered. You know, we hope an answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We figure this will be a good uh, introduction for Father William for uh, work at the high school and the middle school because I'm sure they're going to have some tough questions and they're going to really want to try to stump the priest. Yeah, well, I, I've been... Uh, working at Shanley for the last three years uh, in the classroom, and so we have these segments, so I've been prepared a little bit, uh, (laughs) but uh, I'm uh, really happy especially to be on the show today. Um, At at, at our Catholic schools in our our local area, you know, our mission is to form the total person, and uh, inspired especially by a desire for excellence, um, and especially in that of the goal is of excellence is make them a follower of Jesus Christ, and it's important for for our kids that they have access to the beauty and gifts of the faith. And one of the blessings that we have in our diocese is that the bishop makes this initiative by sacrificing a priest, which is difficult uh, to be in the school. Uh, he's been encouraging a lot of our younger priests to get in the classroom, which uh, really affects lives. Um, it helps them especially to uh, give 
and teach <laughs> on the priest's part, but also the students to be able to see a witness to the faith. Okay, we, we have a listener, a listener question that uh, uh, from Elizabeth emailed it in. It says, I've been listening to you guys and I do have a question for the priest. I'm a Lutheran, and there has been a lot of scrutiny regarding the Catholic Church sexually abusing children, which kind of makes me weary regarding Catholicism. I was wondering what your thoughts regarding this matter. Thank you much, so much for your time. Well, thanks, Elizabeth, for the question. And this is yeah, an important struggle we've had in the church uh, recently. Um, it goes to kind of the heart of, of trust, uh, with with the faithful and uh, you know uh, one of our kind of leading bishops in in the area uh, Bishop Cousins actually had an excellent article he's the uh, <coughs> auxiliary bishop down in St. Paul Minneapolis his article can be found on uh, the CNA Catholic News Association website and he talks about his encounter uh, with uh, helping individuals who've been sexually abused uh, to come uh, to healing uh, to be able to uh, experience express their their pain and suffering and this is going to be an important part of our move forward in the church uh, is to hear the voices of victims um, to make reparations for those voices and to rebuild trust um, and uh, yeah the abuse especially of innocence is something that uh, is a scandal and uh, the only thing uh, especially we can do in these times especially is increased prayer uh, accountability transparency and these are the ways we can rebuild trust uh, with among our flock and among the uh, the secular world as well wonderful answer father that it's so important that we pray for priests and victims and the church at large um, Bishop Barron recently published a book it's been given out in some parishes um, a letter to a suffering church have you had an opportunity to yeah, so uh, all the priests and uh, we're given an advanced copy uh, because one, this is, touches our ministry very deeply, uh, but also um, it touches our, our flock uh, very deeply. And uh, yeah, he had an excellent kind of summary of the situation, uh, focusing on uh, th how, in a real way, the current of, of our society, we're seeing these wounds everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just the church, but it, particularly for us who are meant to reflect Jesus Christ to the world, it touches us more intimately. And we have a, a need for a call uh, as, as leaders in the church uh, to make changes in real way. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, uh, to move to the cross, uh, looking at the only hope for the situation is for all of us uh, in the church, especially those victims, to encounter Jesus Christ who died for our sins, who died for their situation, and rose, uh, which gives us an offering of hope. Absolutely. And there's, as Bishop Barron said at the end of the book, there's never a reason to leave the church. Yeah, and actually uh, a young priest uh, who's a good friend of mine, Father Jordan Dosh, uh, from the Diocese of Bismarck, gave a great homily uh, when we were, I was with students in Rome. And he talked about uh, this, this kind of question. He said, really, there's only you know, a couple people who had a great reason to leave the church, and one of them was John the Apostle. Uh, if you think about it, at the time in which all the other apostles fled, uh, where was he at the cross? Mm. 
you know, think about, you know, he says, you know, if John then went back to the apostles, what would be his thoughts? You know, where were you guys? Exactly. Right? And you look at that, of the uh, most scandalous thing in the world being uh, that Jesus, who uh, was the Messiah, was put to death. And mm. what happens? Through the ministry of the apostles, John writes a great Eucharistic account of, of his fidelity in, to Christ. And that's got to be our focus in this time is mm-hmm. how are we remaining faithful? and how especially have we failed uh, mm-hmm. and how can we express our sorrow uh, and also make reparation, renewal, mm-hmm. uh, and restore our trust. And remembering that Christ's arms are always open to welcome us back. When yeah. We yeah. It, uh, you know, it, it certainly uh, uh, emphasizes, I guess, for us uh, the, uh, the fact that the church, as well as being you know, divinely instituted, is also a, a human institution. You know, this is not to excuse any of the, uh, you know, of the abuses that have taken place, but also uh, just to show that, you know, we are a human institution, just like the apostles were human. They fled. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, and that's the hard thing about it, especially, I mean, I'm 32. Yeah. Uh, I've been a priest for four years. Uh, this has been, I would say, my ev- the part of my priesthood for every moment of the sexual abuse crisis, and it is difficult to bear, but uh, at the same time, we do bear our struggles with hope, um, and that's uh, we're seeing a new kind of generation of priests coming that that are witnessing in this this way, and I, it does bring inspiration, enthusiasm, and also confidence among our our people of God. Okay, okay, we're speaking with Father Will Slattery, and if you have a question for him, the call-in number is eight seven seven. Seven nine five zero one two two, and callers can be anonymous as well. Facebook is also an op- uh, uh, is also an option. Uh, if if you don't want to be uh, on the air, uh, you can do like the last caller, Elizabeth, and uh, just tell us what the question is, and uh, we will get it to Father, and uh, we'll just handle it like that. And so you can be as anonymous as you want, or you can uh, be on the air and have your five seconds. Uh, as a radio person. Let's repeat the number one more time. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. I mentioned Facebook as an option. I'm not exactly sure how to tell you to get there because I'm not on Facebook, so I don't really know how to deal with it. But <laughs> Don't uh, worry. Those who yeah, those, have it, they know. Those who, yes, <laughs> thank do. you, Father. Those who have it, know. That's right. <laughs> Father, Labor Day is coming up. Does the church have any wisdom for us about um, the idea of work or labor? Yeah. uh, You know, one of our kind of leading voices in the last uh, 50 years in the church has been our our, one of our newly canonized saints, St. John Paul II. And uh, he wrote a great uh, encyclical on human labor and uh, talking about the role of, of the worker, what work does offer for humanity, that uh, and kind of reflection falls upon the mystery of, of salvation history. That uh, one of the things that is a result of the fall is the tilling of the land becomes a way through which man continues to cooperate with God uh, and how God, in a certain way, brings out goodness out of out of evil situations. And this is a uh, you know kind of a it's a good good document. It reflects upon the role especially of as human beings that we have activity and we have wills that are meant to be put to action we're not meant to be completely passive or or static but rather through action we actually understand more who we are 
and we participate in God's creative order. And this is, uh, we look why we honor workers. We honor, especially on Labor Day, that uh, that institution of how this builds up our society, our family lives. And this is a, a foundation of, of culture, uh, of, of our nation. And so we give a day of rest. And it's interesting how we do that. And in our culture that's so fast-paced, moving, uh, it's important to reflect upon that and how it connects with the overall reality of our faith, which is, that we are called, yes, to be cooperators, but also we're called to be cooperators with the divine work. And what does God do? After, especially the works of creation, he rests. Mm-hmm. There's that importance of leisure, the importance especially of t- spending time with family, that we have the capacity to be recreated, uh, which we find in our, in our again, bustling world. Mm-hmm. How often do we fall <laughs> into uh, just a lack of energy, a mm-hmm. lack especially of, of among the many tasks we have to do, confusion of our direction, the importance of the Sabbath, uh, of the su- of our Sunday, uh, that becomes an important reality for us. And uh, that's why it's a great way of uh, that we are meant to work. We're meant to especially work gives a dignity and purpose to human life as we participate in God's created order. But at the same time, it should lead us also then to contemplation, rest with God, uh, recreation. We celebrate it by resting. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, through the magic of technology... Uh, I have been educated as to how to join us on Facebook, and all you do is search Real Presence Radio on Facebook, and you can be able to, you will be able to uh, send your question in. But we do have another question, Todd from Rapid City. Uh, oops, it, it is on the line. All right, welcome, Todd. Good morning, Father. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Wonderful, thank you. I am. Uh, as the discussion this morning in regards to elderly, as our population, me being one of them, <laughs> getting older, uh, my question is surrounding how do we, as Catholics, best pray for our elderly as they go into that transition of life, especially those that have the physical and mental struggles that go along with that. And as Catholics, how should we be caring for our elderly? Well, that's a great question, and uh, it is very poignant for our, our kind of culture and situation right now. Uh, I think uh, the, the biggest thing, uh, Deacon Hunt shared a story about the recent death of one of our deacons. Uh, and with that, he talked about that, that importance of that time period of kind of suffering, the transitioning towards life on earth to eternal life and uh, how, you know, real prayer becomes an essential part of that. And I think the, the biggest thing is we have to remember that, uh, you know, our elderly, we look at them as elders. Yes, but at a real point, this transition is that people always remain vulnerable. Uh, no matter at what stage of their life, they face the same challenges and, and vulnerabilities that we all have. The question especially of purpose of life, struggles with loneliness, struggles especially of their spiritual life, of God's presence among the sufferings that they uh, really take on uh, through isolation, physical pain. And I think the biggest thing is uh, to pray for the, the coming of the Lord, in those moments and for in a real way a peace there is a there is a way in which we in the catholic faith and our tradition have always confronted death with a certain grace we've always been encouraged to uh, that's always that's been through kind of a lot of our devotions uh, of prayer the rosary uh, these are all ways in which we can in these moments throughout all of our day capture uh capture the presence of god and uh it becomes an important part 
I, one of the things that we try to stress in our uh, long-term care ministries is the idea that people don't, you know, uh, come here to die, they come here to live. And yes. I, th- I, think, I think another thing where your prayers could go would be towards that the person that you're praying for, uh, that they be able to live out their life as fully as they can uh, under, you know, whatever their condition might be, and also pray for those people who are caring for them, you know, that they will be able to assist this person to live out their life as fully as they can and to to, to be present for them when they need to have somebody present so that, uh, you know, they can care for this loved one that you're praying for uh, in a holistic way and uh, in a compassionate and loving way as well. In working at the school, uh, one of the things our students do is they go to one of our local nursing homes and they spend time with the patients, praying with them. Uh, often it might be playing Yahtzee or other games. And that's uh, one of the things that I think a unique struggle with our how we care for our elderly is, again, I think Jack's focus is right. How do we help them live? Um, and that's a... Uh, you know, part of our prayer is uh, not only uh, in con- contemplation, but action. That we have to be present among them, uh, and that's one of the challenges that we face in, in our our healthcare system. Is how do we do that with you know limited resources? I uh, can't have a priest every place, <laughs> but we try to with this you know sisters and deacons. But a lot of it has to you know kind of come down to cooperation among the laity of creating initiatives. And there's so many people who work so hard in in these areas to bring that joy and life to to uh, our nursing facilities. Yes. You know, um, there are various forms of prayer, and one is rote prayer, you know, mm-hmm. like the Hail Mary, the Our Father. And I've heard so many stories of people who will be with their loved ones who maybe have um, Alzheimer's, but the one thing that they can often do is say those prayers with you. I think that mm-hmm. that's such a beautiful thing that, you know, we, our memory might go, but those prayers are so deep in us. Yeah, and I think that's the important part of why we have a tradition of rote prayer, Mm -hmm. um, memorized prayer. Okay, for those listeners out there who have a question on their mind but they're hesitating to call, you've only got about 10 more minutes, so get your calls in. The number is 877-795-0122, and we're visiting with Father Will Slattery, who is the uh, chaplain at uh, Shanley High School. If yeah. I could just jump in, just for Todd, just something that came in my mind. He was our last caller. Oh. And, uh, you know, just a big thing, too, is pray for those who are forgotten. Oh, yes. I think among our, our nursing homes, those especially, yeah. this important thing, those are forgotten uh, because they, they struggle with a deeper uh, yeah. kind of spiritual pain. Yeah. Todd, I'm sorry. You're still on the line. Did we answer your question? No, I was enjoying listening to the responses, and I thank you very much. It was very helpful. Okay, well, thank you for your call, and don't hesitate to call back in again. Yes. Wonderful, and God bless you all. God, God bless, bless you, you, too. Yes, praying for those right. who have no one to pray for them is yeah. a beautiful yeah. intention. Okay, who else is out there? We need to we need to get, we don't want to work Father for the whole time that he's here. So <laughs> think up your questions and call him in, 877-795-0122. Maybe there's somebody from Shanley that's got a question for him. We won't be talking shouldn't about... Shouldn't have their cell phones on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They're in class right now. Yeah, yeah. they're in class right now. Okay, well, maybe there's a parent out there. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, 
in the meantime, we can talk a little bit about today's readings sure. while we're listening. Well, uh, sure. That I was going to get there. That was kind of on my list of softball questions to throw at you today. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so what do you want to ask then? Well, how do you keep your lamp filled with oil? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah, a very good reading from the Gospel of Matthew today of the ten, ten virgins, the five wise, the five who are foolish. And, uh, you know, they, it closes, again, that invitation to be vigilant, be vigilant. And, uh, uh, you know, St. Augustine, who is a saint uh, that we celebrated his feast day this last week, he writes a good homily. And he actually connects uh, in an interesting way. Uh, there's a connection between the Gospel and our first reading. Um, and he's talking about the five, the number five. Mm-hmm. He always likes to go back to numbers. This is part of the father's tradition of the importance of numbers. And he says that uh, the soul right, is marked by five senses. And so in a real way, uh, the, the 10, the number 10, doesn't represent necessarily individuals, but rather the whole church and the, and the reality that we are souls in, in a journey to paradise and that the sense of the five senses being wise and the five senses being foolish and the senses especially being our passions, moved by our passions, that we have to be custodians of the soul that are marked by the senses, and the use of these senses can draw us closer to God or can push us away from Him. Mm-hmm. Every act, every human act is a step closer to God or a step away. And he draws again into our, our reading from uh, St. Paul. That's John, you know, so Paul is encouraging the faithful to remain in a real way vigilant that they don't fall into impurity. Right. Uh, that especially they are called to holiness of life. That means a guarding of their senses, of their appetites, away from paganism, right, which is a, a hedonistic filling of oneself uh, to happiness. Okay, we we have Excellent. a we have a Facebook question here, and it's from Danny. Where can I find the specific birth date of Jesus in the Bible, or is there one? Great question, Danny. If you're asking for that question of uh, a, a specific birth date, uh, we don't have one. Again, that goes back to kind of uh, the reality of how records are kept. We know the year. We know the year because it falls under the time of a census, which uh, especially in Rome, those dates are, are kept in records. And uh, again, remember under the emperor Augustus, there was a census taken. And that's the opening of the nativity story of Jesus' birth. And, uh, and so we, we generally know a specific year, but a time is, is hard to come to. Now we celebrate Jesus' birth on the 25th of December. We know that, uh, be, and that's uh, again comes from the dates that we set around in the liturgical year, nine months after the Feast of the Annunciation. And uh, we look at the kind of these dates is, again, we recognize that the importance of Jesus coming to earth is worthy to celebrate because it's God becoming man. And we choose especially a date for that. But you're not going to find in the Bible that Jesus was born on the 25th of December. We do know the year, though. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference in calendar. I don't want to get into that on the radio. <laughs> but you can find some information online. Just make sure you be careful which resource you look to. Don't just Google it. <laughs> yes. So the date is really kind of for our benefit so that we can stop and, and give God thanks. And there is a unique time of that. Uh, the 25th of December is around the time in which, uh, you, know, you know, the darkest time of the year in which the last part of the light grows. And so the light begins to shine more fully from that point forward, which then we celebrate with the 
resurrection yes. in, in the spring. Connected to that, I just learned why there are roosters on the steeples of churches in France. And it's because the rooster ushers in the light. Yes. With, you know, uh, out of the darkness. Out yeah. of the darkness. Yep. Yeah. And that, that you know, evokes that image from uh, John's Gospel, the yeah. prologue. Yes. Okay, we have uh, another... Well, the, the question is still coming, so I guess I better not... Uh, I'll, I'll wait for it to complete, but uh, the... The number to call is 877-795-0122 for any other people with questions for Father Will Slattery. Yes, and another topic that uh, there, there was a Pew Trust uh, or a Pew survey that recently identified uh, a great percentage of Catholics who really don't believe in the real presence. Yeah, and uh, going back to you know we talked a little bit about Bar- Bishop Barron on the opening of the show, and yeah, he he gave a kind of a good analysis of this of of uh, this is a gut check for us because. Uh, you know, if you look at all of our hymnal songs, uh, yeah. we look at uh, all of our teachings and homilies, and I can say I have preached this till I'm red in the yeah. face sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, there is a struggle of faith uh, among among uh, yeah our, our faithful. Yeah, and, and uh, this is one of the biggest tenets. And if you're looking at uh, one of the things we hold so deep in our Catholic tradition is the reality that Jesus Christ, who became man offered himself for us upon the cross, but that he left us a memorial of this, a constant reminder in the Eucharist. Okay. Well, we have Grant from Shanley. and uh, Oh, Grant's all. He's <laughs> one of our uh, substitute teachers. All <laughs> right. Is, is Grant, Grant is on the line. So, Grant, why don't you hey, go Father. ahead? Hello, Grant. How are you? Well, hey, I got a quick question. Good, good. Hey, I just kind of, I went to a Catholic school, and I just went to one of my class reunions, which was my 40th, and I aged myself there a little bit. But I kind of went around, and I asked a lot of my classmates, you know, hey, are you guys still Catholic? Or are you still going to church? And, and shockingly, it was well less than 50%. And I'm, I'm just, you know, and I tell my kids, you know, hey, stay Catholic forever. But I, I would think if you're going to a Catholic school, the percentage of people at state Catholic should be in the 90 percentile. But I, I was wondering if we could figure out, maybe have a discussion how we could maybe, maybe, maybe we're missing something at the schools or, or something maybe uh, we can do to, to make sure that these kids, once they go off to college and get married, that they stay Catholic. Yeah, well, Grant, anyway, and, uh, I apologize because uh, you're not Grant Dahl, the substitute teacher. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but uh, thanks no, for your I question. No, I'm, yeah, but I'm, uh, a- I'm actually got a student. I got a student at Stanley, and I've yeah. been. I've got seven kids. My youngest is at Stanley. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your question, and it gets especially the heart of why the bishop uh, places a priest there. Um, you know, we there's a there's a good saying that uh, you know, a certain way, the longest the longest distance is from your head to your heart. And this is one of the challenges that have, uh, of kind of work in a Catholic school is uh, is helping students to realize that, yes, we learn about the faith, and it's not just another subject, though, that the encounter with Jesus comes as a decision for us to follow, an imitation in which we respond. And that includes not just knowledge of the faith. Knowledge of the faith is helpful, but it doesn't build a relationship. And this is one of the things of our new focus is I know uh, many of your, your alumni and your friends that went to and classmates, they're great people. But the question is, have they experienced an invitation to follow Jesus? And I don't know if they could say in their time in Shanley that they necessarily did. 
And it's what we're trying to look at. And this is where we're looking in our culture that a lot of this struggle comes in college. And we have our Newman centers that are getting a lot of support. And we see that through this time of forming disciples, not just people who know things about Jesus. Yeah. Bishop Barron actually addressed this in his book that Doreen mentioned the, uh, to the Suffering Church. Church. And he, he kind of mentioned, uh, you know, that was in the context of the abuse and a lot of people calling falling away because of that. But uh, I think it applies here, too, is some of the catechesis that we got, you know, like what I got growing up, you know, in the late 50s and early 60s, you know, on the heels of Vatican II, you know, they were still trying to figure out the, the council. They say it takes 10 years for the church, or 100 years, excuse me, for the church to figure it out. And, you know, I think there was some confusion going on at that time. Uh, so, uh, you know, and that's that's one source, but it's a multifaceted kind of response. I know, Grant, you're still on the line. Did we Did we answer your question? Yep, yep, and I, I guess the only message, Father, is if we keep going, and I tell my kids to stay Catholic forever, yeah. when the devil when the devil tempts them, hey, you know, I remember my dad said told me, or the church or the priest told me stay Catholic forever. They can try yeah. to yeah, just I think, not, not change, jump yeah. ship, you know. Yeah, I think the big thing is that from that encounter, you have something stable to have yeah. and to build off of, and the devil yep. doesn't yep. doesn't have any power over you. I, I think you, what we got to do is be Catholic ourselves and let them know that you are. Yeah. Let them know, exactly. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Grant. Okay, thanks to everyone who called in with their questions. And, uh, and thanks, Father Will Slattery. You're an awesome teacher. Thank you. <laughs>